Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome our online viewers, those of you that are watching online, perhaps you're listening on the podcast sometime during the week. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for those that are watching online or listening on the podcast? It's good to have you with us. We say it every week. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Cool. I want everybody to do this. Just take a deep breath in and then exhale. We're going to welcome the Lord this morning. I believe I've got a message prompted by Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't want you to hear my voice this morning. We're going to read from Scripture. How many of you know Scripture is the Word of God that's alive and it's active? And I believe the Lord is in the room. We experienced Him just during worship. And I know He's here. I sense His presence. I know He's online. I'm sure some of you sense His presence, whether you're in your home or you're driving. I know we're missing some people this morning. Perhaps you're traveling, whatever it may be. But I want to welcome the presence of the Lord, that we would leave not having encountered a pastor or having encountered just a group of people, but saying, man, I heard the Lord and I left changed. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you into this room as we just did during worship, and we thank you, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would be forever changed. We invite you to convict us. We invite you to comfort us. We invite you to do what only you can do in our hearts, that we would leave changed, and that we would not just be hearers of your word, but, Father, that we would put legs to this faith that we would believe, that, and that we would do this, that we would, this is a verb, that we would put an action to these things, and that we would apply this, and we would walk in obedience to what your scripture says. If you believe that, would you shout amen? Amen. Um, We've been over about, I would say it's a little over a month now, been experiencing a real encounter with God, a real depth during times of worship. And uh, it's, it's been a really special moment. What's cool about it is that it's not unique to our church. It's happening all over the nation and all over the globe where churches are experiencing a real outpouring of the presence of God. Some people are quick to put a name on it and call it revival. Some people are calling it an outpouring, an awakening. I call it, it's Jesus, and I'm just really happy. I love it. I don't care what you call it. It's kind of like, when, you know, call it dinner, call it supper. I don't care what you call it. Just don't invite me late, okay? That's all I ask. And so the Lord has been here, and it's been really special. I've been talking with a lot of you on, on you know, kind of sideline conversations after service, and meeting with several of you for coffee and different things. And the same thing keeps coming up during the conversation. You know, church just feels really good. How many of you know that church without God is pointless? But church with the presence of the Lord is absolutely amazing. And God can do in one encounter with his spirit what I can't do in 50 years of teaching. I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm that awesome. Five seconds in his presence, just one second in his presence will absolutely change everything. Because how many of you know there's a lot in the spirit that's caught, not taught? And I do want to teach you, and I do want to equip you, and that's what the Bible says that I'm supposed to do is equip the saints to go do the work of the ministry. 
which by the way is why I'm encouraging you for Palm Sunday and Easter and really every day here at Hope Covenant that invite people to church because this is not my job as a pastor. It's our job. This is our, who's the full-time minister? So point at you, every single person here is a full-time minister. We just had an ordination right there in Jesus' name, go. Yeah, the Bible says go to all corners of the earth, to all ends of the earth, preach the gospel, bring the good. And if we're not convicted with this on a daily basis, man, get into the presence of God. Cause I promise you with an, an infiltration of his spirit comes a conviction to lead people to an encounter, not just talk about him. But this has been happening, and so we have this thing called the Asbury Revival that broke out at a university, and we have this breaking out now, UNCC, I think it's called, right? Is it UNCC, UNC, whatever, uh, University of Charlotte? Um, they're experiencing it. Um, there's, uh, I know uh, Texas A&M has been having like round-the-clock worship on, on Kyle Field, like just right outside sitting up. There's a hunger in a generation that goes, I, I, we don't care what we call this, we just want God. And it's beautiful and it's awesome. But this morning I I titled this message unity because I want to give you, again, it's my job as a pastor to sort of equip and sort of help navigate moments that we're in. And I do believe that we are in a moment where there is an outpouring of the spirit of the Lord. And by the way, the Lord is always pouring out his spirit, but there is some, something unique and special because he says in his word that in the last days before his return, there will be an outpouring of his presence. There will be a move of his spirit. And I believe that we're encountering that when you see God move, always be on alert that so does the devil try where you see a dollar you do see counterfeit dollars which is why they have the little marker that they rub over the money to see if it's real or not and i want to just go ahead and 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 just give you a heads up that one of the things that i'm seeing the enemy do is try and attack unity in his church Unity in marriages, unity with children, unity in relationships, unity with friends, unity in fellowship in general. Unity is one of the very things in the book of Acts that inspired Pentecost. A massive move, a revival, an outpouring of God's presence that forever marked the church and is still marking the church to this day. And that happened because when brothers and sisters were dwelling together in community, you can get out of that word common unity, community, there was something really dynamic that happened. And so I posted this week, and I want to encourage you that if we, we really, if, you, if you're a note taker, write this down. I posted this on Facebook. Some of you may have seen it. An offended Christian is a person who, that has forgotten what they themselves have been forgiven of. Meaning the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's me. So let's not point to the person next to us and go, oh yeah, yeah, they're a jerk. (laughs) But when God starts to move, it's amazing. Many of you are familiar with this, that Liz and I, we just moved homes from our old house to a a new house that, that we just moved into. And there were contractors there. There was a lot of things that have happened. Anybody who's close to me and talked to me this week knows it's, it's been a little bit challenging for us. Um, we were mistreated by several contractors, and uh, one of them specifically actually stole quite a bit of money from us in a job that was not complete. 
And I was saying that, and the Holy Spirit convicted me. I was talking to someone on the phone. I was another pastor, and I was explaining to him what happened because he said, how's the move going? I said, actually, it's really challenging. It's kind of stressing me out a little bit. I just lost quite a bit of money. And as I was saying he stole from me, the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, no, no, start saying you sowed it into his life. I said, what? No, he stole it. I'm not going to say that either. My flesh was like, I just want to slap him. And not even in the name of Jesus, just slap him. And the Holy Spirit said, if you start to say this out of obedience, watch what happens. So I tested the Lord just as I encouraged you to do in tithe. So I, I started saying, I sowed into his life. I want you to know that when I started saying that, it did not feel good and I did not enjoy it. But literally the next day after I started saying it, I said it about five times to about five different people because I had to talk about it. I'm one of those, like, I express it. I don't suppress it. I express it. Get it out. Just, you know, like, like, let's air it out and move on. That really is who I am. And the next day, a check came in the mail from our former mortgage company that said you overpaid, and it was double the amount that this gentleman I sowed into his life. You go, well, that check was already in the mail before you started declaring it. You know what? The Lord blessed us. The Lord blessed us, period, end of story. You go, well, I don't know. It sounds a little coincidental. The Lord blessed us. The Lord will bless you when you're obedient. And what I was doing in that moment, you go, what does that have to do with unity? When we sow words of discord or words that are just even irritating, watch the atmosphere that you're creating. You go, is that for everybody else? Well, it is, but it's also for you. The more that I said, I, and Patrick can even say this because I called him and told him about it. The more I said he stole this from me was the more irritated and angry I was getting. The more that I said I sowed this into his life, the more my ears were hearing that was the softer my heart got. And I actually started interceding for the guy and said, Lord, I don't know what needs he has, but Father, I pray that you would bless him and that you would bring him to the saving knowledge of who you are because he matters because ultimately God created him. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I could be prickly sometimes. I could be annoying sometimes. Don't amen that. It's my wife, Liz, sitting on the front row who's preg. She was real quick to go amen, which means I agree. But Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Let me explain to you that we in this nation, I don't even need to explain this to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. What I mean by, let me just reiterate what we're all thinking. How many of you would agree in the United States of America and even in the world, we have lost the art of, ag of agreeing to disagree? Yeah, from politics to everything, which by the way is why in this church, we don't have a red or blue flag. What we do is we preach righteousness and we encourage vote righteous. This is between you and God, but we're going to leave. We're going to leave it what it is. We're just going to say vote righteous. And by the way, God does appoint leaders ultimately. You go, okay, and that's a whole thing. We'll preach that. It's a different message. But it also says that he judges a nation with wicked leaders. That's in the Bible. Moving back on to unity. We need to be careful 
that when somebody annoys us, how do we respond? Because that's an issue of spirit or flesh. Am I in the spirit or am I in the flesh? If I'm in the flesh, I care. If I'm in the spirit, I don't care. Short hair, don't care. You could disagree with me all you want. Because if I really harp on this, now I'm entertaining what's called a spirit of pride, which is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. And it kicks us out of unity. So we can contribute to a spirit of unity by our response. Very important. This is an assignment. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, verses 36 to 37. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every, everyone say every, empty word they have spoken. So coarse jesting and empty words do matter. What I say really matters. And I will account for those words. I read this and I was like, oh my God, I'm in trouble because I know what this week looked like. Not even talking about the last 40 years of my life. I know what this week looked like. I know what I said this week. I read this word, this verse and I, I didn't even get to verse 37. I just said, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to stop right here and say, Lord, forgive me. Amen. Can we just all say, Lord, God, forgive me. I mean, God, we, hey, listen, repentance is not a dirty word. It's a good word. It's a cleansing word. It's like to come into church and leave and not want to repent is like taking a shower and not using soap. That's disgusting. And for God's sake, clean between your toes. But I tell you that everyone will give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. In other words, you have a choice. And the choice is yours. They said, well, God, God sends, you know, people to hell when, when they're not right with them. No, no, hell, hell is a choice that you choose to reject God's way. Don't put that on God. No, no, this is a generation of let's blame everybody else. Let's blame everybody else. It's God's fault, you know. I went to hell because he got mad. No. No, when we reject Jesus and reject his ways, there's a risk involved there. And I'm not here to judge anyone's heart. What I'm here to say is there is a heaven and there is a hell. We're going to preach that in this church because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there is freedom in truth. So I want to go ahead and declare that. Psalms 119 verse 165. Great peace have they which love the law. And nothing will offend them. So here's my question for you today. Are you offendable? Are you offendable? I've been saved for 30 years. I mean, brother, I know all about this. Really? Well, you don't apply it. Why, why, Pastor, why you got to get up in my grill? I'm getting up in my grill, just so you know. I'm not, I'm not here waving a finger at anybody. I'm, I'm doing this. I preached this message to a mirror this week. And when God created me, clean hands and a pure heart, renewing me a steadfast spirit. Lord, take the, take the coal and cleanse my lips. They remember that old song, take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. We used to sing that all the time. We need to bring that song back. We need less celebrity worship and more cleansing worship, more, more God. We need you to, we need Levites back in the, uh, um, back on the platforms of churches in America. And by God, we need this to not be a stage, but a platform where we are here saying, God, come cleanse me, change me. 
Man, I'm not here to be a rock star. I'm here to lead people into the presence of the Lord. There is one rock star, and he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of... Could you guys give God a shout of praise? That's really good. And I'm just here to say, hey, this is what I do. I'm just here to say this. And nothing will offend them. Great peace comes when you're not offendable. Great peace comes when I say, that's not going to offend me. I don't care. Liz and I went through a, a situation of betrayal years back, and it was really, really affecting me. And I, I went and saw a counselor, and the counselor said, man, I, I'm really, really proud of you, you know, being in ministry and continuing with this. And, and I just bust out into tears, and I said, you know, the Lord has given me a revelation that walking through this betrayal is just giving me a little bit of an opportunity to experience what Jesus did in just a small way. Just a small way to experience just a little bit of Jesus who died for my sin. And he calls me friend. He calls me friend. Sent his son to die for me because of how jacked up I am. And then has the audacity to call me a friend. Wow. And I can't get over a painter who I sowed into his life, give me a break. The Lord said to me that this cheap Christianity that you're living, you need to cut it out. I'm a New Yorker. The Lord speaks to me that way. Real, just concrete jungles where dreams are made of, you know? It's just just how we do. But God has gotten my attention and I, I believe he's trying to get some of your attention that This decision that we make really can contribute to a move of God if we would get our acts together. We say we want a move of God, but are we willing to sacrifice the sin to really entertain longevity of a move of God? Because every move of God that I've ever seen that has came and went, went because of the pride and the problems of man. Not because God was done, because God's never done. But his spirit can be offended It can be. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord, him and her with clean hands and a pure heart? Right? So that means that when we cleanse ourselves, it literally welcomes the presence of the Lord. So are you easily offended? Are you offendable? Paul wrote this verse to bring awareness to the church um, of of the enemy's tactics. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. And I love this because this points to forgiveness. And man, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm working on it. I am a work in progress. Everybody say this out loud. I am, I am a work in progress. It means you ain't perfect, but you're working it out, right? So Paul wrote this to the, to the church in Corinth. He said, when you forgive this man, and this is a long story. I'm not going to give the context of it. I'm just going to read this because it says it all. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when you forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Do you know what one of the evil schemes of the enemy is, is unforgiveness because it keeps you bound and not the other person. Yeah, while you're sitting there sipping on Haterade, this painter, while I'm sitting there doing that, 
the Lord's telling me, are you aware of the enemy's tactics? Because he's coming to rob your peace. And when he robs your peace, he, literally, it does affect the move of God. I sat on my, I, I learned that this chair that Liz bought is called a settee. Um, it's a love seat, whatever. It's, but it, you know, it's got the little whatever. It's a, it's a settee. It's a, it's a French chair. And I was sitting on it, and the Holy Spirit started talking to me, and he said, what, what the enemy's trying to do right now in this moment is he's trying to snuff you out and distract you and get you so bound right now that you can't even discern when a move of God is in front of you. And I just wept. And I started playing the piano like three in the morning. I have a little muted felt thing that is on the piano that doesn't allow it to get too loud so it didn't wake Liz up. And I just started crying and weeping before the Lord. Can I tell you that there's something really precious and some of you are encountering this right now and those of you that aren't, I want to encourage you to try it. When you just get intimate with God and you just say, God, I just want to give this to you. I need this off of me. We all carry stuff. We all have a story. We all have word curses that have been spoken against us. We all have people that have tried to shove us down. We all have issues. We're all jacked up. All of us. But there's something that makes everything right when you're in the presence of the Lord and it all falls off. For me, it happens at two in the morning because everybody's asleep and I'm not a morning person. To me, morning is what happens when you wake up in it. Everybody just caught that. Cool. I'm not a morning person. Some of you like to see the, the morning dew and it rise, and there's something really precious about it. I'm not putting mornings down because joy comes in the morning. I need to start waking up more in the morning so I can have joy. I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm just talking this out with y'all. But there's something really precious about just getting in the presence of God and saying, Lord, take this from me. And the Lord is doing things in so many of your lives right now that are unique and special to you and where you've been that the Lord is pulling you out of a place that's really been oppressive and really been depressing. Can I tell you that when you get in the presence of the Lord, there is no oppression or depression. There's utter freedom and utter love, and his presence is so good that once you've experienced it, you can't live without it. But the enemy is trying to distract. In fact, this morning, we have dealt with a lot of distractions since this message starting, and the Lord's saying to me, it's what you're speaking on. I mean, it just is what it is. I don't care. I expect it now. Whatever I end up speaking on, I get tested in that area like the whole week. So whatever, bring it. Let's go. I want to experience this peace and I will not be offended. You could spit in my face before you leave. I hope you don't. But if you do, as this kind of going down my face, I'm going to say, I love you. I really, you know, we've got to get to that place. Because the bottom line is there's hurting people everywhere that need the message of Jesus. And we got our panties in a bunch about things that we can't even minister. We've got to take to whom much is given, much is required. Can we grow up? I'm talking to me. Can we grow up? What Paul is saying is don't be ignorant to what the devil is up to in this verse. The devil's trying to attack unity. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Catch all the foxes, all those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. Catch all the foxes, all the little things that are trying to distract you. 
all the little things that are trying to distract you. Catch them all in Jesus' name. As there's a baby, and for those of you that are online that can't hear, there's a baby screaming in the back. I'm not going to judge because I got a baby on the way in two months. So it happens. I'm about to learn all about this, and y'all are about to watch me learn all about this. So let's journey this together in Jesus' name. <laughs> but that there, are, there are little foxes that will try and distract you from what God is trying to do. And as the Lord is moving, one of the things that I really sense happening is that there's distractions and that there's little things that don't matter and God is trying to see if we'll rise above because if we will, I believe there's going to be an outpouring like we've never seen before. There, there are moments all throughout the Bible where there were unique moves of God and there's a moment right now and it's special and it's awesome. And so I want to encourage you with this this week as we leave and I really believe I'm done today. I believe God has done what he's supposed to do. I want to encourage you this week. Could we not let little stuff, little foxes get to us? Could we choose to let it go and choose to be a blessing to people and say, you know what? Unity matters above all else. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm going to lead us in just a little bit of repentance, just a prayer. It's, it's, it's just this. We need to leave free this morning to seek God work in us so that he can work through us. Because how many of you know we're supposed to take what we got in here and bring it out to the world? It's, it's not meant to be just in this room. Father, we lay down every challenge, every bit of offense, every bit of unforgiveness that we've been holding on to. And even if it's a declaration of faith, believing in things we don't see yet, we lay down every bit of unforgiveness because bitterness defiles everything and it can block a move of your spirit in our life. Just say this out loud. I want you actually, before you do that, picture somebody that there's an offense or unforgiveness with. Just picture it. Picture that person. And now I want you to just say, I forgive. You might be saying, well, I'm really ticked off actually. Just say, I forgive. It doesn't mean you're, you're, you're going to immediately feel this, but you declaring it and releasing it. How many of you know our feelings need to catch up with the Spirit? Not the other way around. Spirit doesn't catch up to our feelings. No. Well, it will, if you, it will but not in a good spirit. Just say this, I forgive. And maybe you want to just, under your breath, say the person's name that comes to your mind. I had a few. Maybe you need to forgive you. Maybe you offended you this week. I know I did. I offended me this week. But I repented. I dribbled all over my piano, just crying all over the place. And I said, Lord, take this from me. I love you. I love you. There's something about when you tell the Lord that you love him and Father, you're holy and you're worthy and you start entertaining the presence of God, there's something that happens where things just break off. Feelings start to change. Now, I want you to say this out loud and we're, we're gonna dismiss in just a minute. Just say, feelings, I command you to come in line 
in the name of Jesus, with the words of Jesus, with the spirit of Jesus, with the character of Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't boast. It doesn't envy. I declare the fruit of the spirit over every person here. And I thank you, Lord. We declare the fruit of the spirit right out of Galatians right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, shout amen. Amen. If you want to know the opposite of how we're supposed to act towards each other, read the fruit of the Spirit and think of the opposite word of all the words you read. It's powerful. Read it like that. I do that with Scripture. So love is patient. So my impatience, that's not breathing unity. Love is kind. When I'm a jerk, that's not unity. It doesn't boast. Yo, check this out. You know, okay, so, so maybe you need to not post on Instagram for a minute. It matters. It matters. I sense the Lord here this morning. Guys, I'm so, I'm so encouraged about where we're going, so encouraged about where we're headed. I love all of you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a great week in your presence. I thank you for unity in the spirit, unity in our marriages, unity in our households, unity with work relationships. In Jesus' name, we declare that. If you believe that, shout amen. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. We'll be here at 1030. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.